Grace and peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This podcast is a sermon on March 1st, 2020. God Give Us Wisdom is part one of the six-part worship series, True Grace. The preacher is Reverend Hope Hutchinson, and the scripture is Acts 19, verses 1 through 7, and Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 19. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, into what then were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were around 12 of them. The second reading is from Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know the holy, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which God has called you, that what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe, according to the working of great power. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, we're continuing our journey through the book of Acts this Lent. We're going to keep reading it all year. So at this point in the story, Paul is just getting to Ephesus. And as we're reading about Paul and Ephesus, uh, Pastor Nate has very awesomely gone through and picked uh, excerpts from the book of Ephesians to pair with that journey so that we're reading about Paul's time in Ephesus, and Paul's words for the Ephesians at the same time. But as we mark the beginning of our Lenten journey today, we're also starting a new part of this sermon series, where we're focusing on the grace of God. Grace is this unmerited, unending love of God that surpasses our understanding. This grace is for everyone, every single person in all times and places. And in this Lenten season, we're going to be taking a closer look at the ways that uh, grace can work in our lives through different means, different, different things that we call it. Today, I'm going to be talking about wisdom and the wisdom that we ask God to give us through grace. And I, I have to admit, when Nate asked me to preach on this particular subject, I was not the most enthusiastic. Um, Wisdom's always been a bit hard for me to define. It's a bit hard to grasp exactly what it is. I'm also someone I really, really like logic, linear thinking. That's not, it's not quite the same thing as wisdom. I really like stuff, that, concrete knowledge, facts that you can learn out of a book. 
I love things that make sense. And I, I once explained to a teacher that I liked math and science better because there was a clear, correct answer. And I did not like English that much because there's no one correct answer to an essay prompt. Did not like that. And so for a long time throughout childhood, I think for me, wisdom and, and logics or facts, knowing things, being book smart, in my head, they were the same thing for a long time. But as I grew up, I started to sense that maybe they weren't. Maybe there was something more to wisdom. It's hard to say when I started to realize that, but I think for me, it really happened through reading the Harry Potter books. Uh, I think we all have our different fandoms that we love. Mine is, uh, I have several, but my, f my very favorite is Harry Potter. I talk about it a lot. Um, and I grew up with those books. They were released as I grew up. And so to be a 10-year-old girl who was called a know-it-all reading about Hermione Granger, who is a know-it-all, and that's what makes her a hero, <laughs> was one of the best things that could have happened for me as a kid. The very things that I was teased for were what made her a hero. She is book smart. She memorizes everything, but not just to know facts, to understand them and get it. She spends hours reading, diving into her studies. But there's some things that she's not so good at. There are some things you cannot learn from a book, surprisingly. We find that out pretty early. She's not so good at flying. You can't learn that just from reading about it. And later in the books, she's really, really bad at this thing called divination. You either have the gift for it or you don't, and she just doesn't. Because you can't, you can't learn it from a book. There's different ways of knowing. But later in the series, we meet a character called Luna. I was much older when I, I was a little bit older when that book came out. She's not introduced until the fifth book. But Luna is much less driven by logic. She believes in conspiracy theories. She believes in lots of things you cannot see, like rack spurts, these little invisible things that float around your head that distract you. I mean, that happens to me all the time, not to say those exist or not, but, and at first, she's, she's characterized as this baddie person who just isn't consequential. But as the story goes on, it becomes clear that not everything is as it first appeared. Luna may not be quite as book smart as Hermione. To be clear, no one is. Um, but the knowledge she brings to the table is so, so important throughout the books. One of those conspiracy theories turns out to be true and immensely important to the plot. And because she doesn't always need to see things to believe them, she doesn't always need them to be rational, she doesn't always need them to make sense, she has an emotional intelligence that she can bring to the table as, I mean, these books are about teenagers dealing with a lot of trauma. She has an emotional intelligence to bring to that that very few people of her age can. I have loved both of these characters throughout my life. 
One is not better or worse than the other. But when, you, when I look at the two of them next to each other, it's very clear that wisdom and logic, wisdom and book smarts, those are not the same thing. I think both characters do have some wisdom to bring to the table. But in spending more time with Luna, I was challenged in my own ideas about what wisdom could be. It's not simply about learning all the right answers. Wisdom's more than that. I think we see that throughout the Bible as well. There's this whole part of the Bible that we call wisdom literature. I definitely struggled to read that and make sense of that for years because it's, it's, not, it's not a story. It's not logical. There's, there's a logic to it, but given that it was, it's, most, it's a lot of its poetry and it was written in another language, it's hard to grasp. It's hard to understand. But nonetheless, I would challenge you all to read it. I challenge myself to read it sometimes. It does speak some truths that maybe we don't want to hear sometimes. I think that's part of what Paul is trying to get at in this story from Acts. He encounters these apostles. They've been baptized. They've heard a message that they believed in, enough to change their lives. It was a message of repentance from John the Baptist. That's what we learn. But then Paul comes around and says, mm, that's, that's not quite all of it. You're missing something. You're missing something. Now, I want to be clear, repentance is important. <laughs> The message that John the Baptist preached, that's, that's important. Repent and change your life. Realizing that we've done harm to other people, to things, to our planet, making amends, changing our behavior, that's really important to living a Christian life, and quite frankly, just to being a good human, that's very, very important. But I think... I mean, we all know that life's more complicated than that. You know, it's not just simple, I'm going to change my life and everything's magically going to be better. We know that it's not that. And what Paul is trying to get at here is you need something more. There is something to repentance, but the power of the Holy Spirit is really, really important in how we transform our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to understand complex situations. We do. And it's, it's in this letter from the Ephesians where Paul, he talks about wisdom rather briefly, but the translation that we have, it talks about the spirit of wisdom. We don't I don't know if he meant the Holy Spirit or not, but when we read it today, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we have been talking about the Holy Spirit for thousands of years. It's hard to not think that maybe, maybe those two things go together. And for me, I think it's always seemed as if they do. Neither of them fully make sense. 
Neither of them are easily described using words. And honestly, the moments in my life where I felt the most wise, they're not the ones where I have perfectly planned a logical system and everything has gone correctly. They're moments where everything has gone wrong or I didn't plan and I listened to the Holy Spirit and found a new way forward. One of those avenues where I rely on trusting the Holy Spirit is in trying to make my life as environmentally friendly as possible. I think some of you have heard me talk about my love of, uh, I call it eco-theology, um, but that's a fancy way of saying like environmental theology. Some people call it creation care. I came to these things through my love of science, driven by logic, I love studying the natural world, but the further I went into those fields, the grayer things became. When we look at an ecosystem, a whole system of being, all the living and non-living parts of an environment, we can't fully explain what makes it function the way it does. When we try to create our own ecosystems from scratch, they in like a bubble as an experiment, they always fail. We, we can never quite capture that. The sum is, or the, the sum, the whole is more than the sum of the parts somehow. We've also tried to create models for atmospheric conditions to try and model what climate change might do in the future. We've been doing this for almost 50 years. I don't think we've ever come up with a model that actually does that correctly. There's always something that we cannot predict that comes up and changes climate in a way that we didn't see 20 years ago. Always. So the deeper I got into any subject, the more I realized that there are lots of questions that don't have one correct answer. And as much as I do not like that, the challenge of faith, the, the challenge that Paul is giving and asking us to trust the Holy Spirit, that, that challenge is to listen to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit through uncertainty and help us find a right answer, if, even if we can't find the right answer. Here's the thing, friends, we are living in some very, very uncertain times. I think every day I keep hearing about more cases of a virus that's spreading throughout the world. Our church is in a state of crisis. I grew up in the United Methodist Church. I've spent my life loving it, and I don't know what it's going to look like in a year, and that scares me. And, well, quite honestly, I worry about climate change a lot. I worry about it for myself and my own life, but I worry about it because I'm here to work with kids and I love them. I love all of these kids so, so much and oh my gosh, what climate are we leaving them? What, I just, I don't know and it scares me. But the Holy Spirit moves in this weird way to, and asks us to trust that there's, there's a wisdom. I, I may not know what the climate is going to be in 50 years, 
I may not know that, but the wisdom of the Holy Spirit tells me that mm, probably won't be what I would like it to be unless we make some changes. So that's, that's what living in this time is. We need repentance. We, we need to recognize what we've not done so well. But we also need the Holy Spirit. We need both. We can't just sit in the misery of what we've done wrong. We have to figure out a way to dream a new dream, to think of something we haven't thought of. It takes wisdom. It takes the Holy Spirit. But we, likewise, we cannot just live in the dreams of what could be without recognizing the harm that we have done. It takes a both and. It takes what Paul is asking of these apostles here. It takes repentance and the, the spirit of wisdom. And as we head into this Lenten season, I pray that the spirit of wisdom might fall upon each and every one of us and help us dream new dreams. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Copyright 2020. Now go into God's world knowing you are a beloved child and bear witness to the love of God so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.